So yeah, we're still on a Monoguchi. Like we, we're still the same four guys sitting here. This next song is called Helix Nebula. All right. Welcome everybody to a, a new episode of the Yoko Masaki Show. I am your host, the Cat Ear Extraordinaire. Uh, today is, I believe, October 9th of 2019 so last time i talked to you guys i had told you that uh i was um addressing my personal thoughts about the whole controversy of uh the joker recent joker film by todd phillips based on the character from dc comics one of my favorite villains uh which is portrayed by joaquin phoenix um, a lot of people know that uh, about the controversy that went on for it, such as the threat situations and the mental illness situations, and I figured I would get my two cents about that. Now, if you haven't watched, listened to that episode, you can definitely check that out. That should be available for everyone to watch as well. Uh, but today, I wanted to address uh, on my opinions on two things, situations. First off, I had told you last, guys, uh, that I would be giving you my review on the Joker film. So for those out there who um, has not heard my previous video about the Joker, uh, allow me to give you a little backdrop of it. Now this uh, film um, review will be spoiler free because I feel that it's best that you experience watching this film yourself to definitely check it out. Um, but I will say for those who are expecting this to be a little bit more cheesier, somewhat in the same vein as previous incarnations of the Joker in Batman movies, um, you're not going to get that. Now, also, I'm going to say this. Um, I have been a firm believer, and I hate to say this, that I'm a firm believer of the happy ending syndrome, I believe I call it, or the happy ending scenario, which basically means I'm more of a sucker for a film that has that wraps it nicely tied up into a fucking bow. <laughs> and as much as people want to say, you know, that's not reality. That's not how life really is. It's something to keep me going. I've dealt with a lot of negative in my shitty in my life. A lot of negative shit. And sometimes I want to escape that. Sometimes movies can be that escapism for me. I love a film that can make give me that escape escapism to make me feel that, hey, you know what? You dealt with a lot of negative shit in your life, so here's a little slice of heaven for you in the world of film and television, or even in other mediums. Sometimes it's best to have that. And sometimes it works, but then there's sometimes in reality you have to deal with a lot of negative stuff in that. Um, there are a lot of films in, in the shows in the world that have done exactly that. For example, Orange is the New Black. I'm not going to lie to you, that show didn't have a really happy ending. <laughs> it was a nice ending to it, but some of the characters that I've come to love didn't get happy endings because that's how life really is. And I accepted that. And then there are stuff like in certain horror movies that, which is why I hate horror movies, and I can go on an entire tangent on that, but I'll probably save that for a special episode uh, that I have. Um, but when it comes to uh, certain movies in a sense of it, it's why I don't like horror movies. But, to be more perspective of it, there are certain movies that I expect to have nice endings to it. And certain superhero movies, that tends to happen. So you don't really expect a superhero movie in a sense of it. But this is actually 
not a superhero movie. So when I came to know about this film, it was never, I went in with the intention to know that this is not going to be a happy ending of a movie. This is not going to be a, uh, a movie that says, hey, you know, it's going to be all nice up in a little bow and make you feel all warm and fucking fuzzy inside when you see this movie. That was never my intention when it comes to seeing this movie. Because that's not how this movie story works. If you know the analogy and the philosophy and you know the psychology of the Joker, you know his life is all, everything but sane. Anything but nice and sadistic. Anything but nice or fairly useful. It's just the levels of Joker's violence and his psychoticness has turned up from 1 to 11 based on the medium. You can go from at least one or two if you're looking at the Cesar Romero uh, Joker from the 60s Batman show, or you can go crank it up to 11 in the uh, Heath Ledger's adaptation of the Joker, if you will, or even the comic books of the Joker. Um, If you've never read Death of the Family, uh, the Joker and Batman books by Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, you obviously have not met this Joker in that sense of it. So as much as we want to say that Joker in this world, uh, in the comic book world, or in the film world, in this adaptation of Joker, it's always in that sense of bringing it to a point that nothing is good coming out of this. So I came to knowing that this movie, at the end of it, we would know that by the end of the film, we would have the man, the, the, the character himself personified. The second thing is, um, I went in this movie with the intention to know that this is an entirely different material. The source material of this Joker is have references pulled from the comics, but this is not an adaptation. This is not straight from a comic or one shot of the Joker. However, it is inspired by many of the source material of the Joker that we've come to read over the years, whether it's uh, every variation of the Joker that we've seen or some cases about it. Like, um, for example, in the the first Batman film, uh, well, not the first Batman film, but the first Batman blockbuster film, the Tim Burton film, uh, Joker was Jack Napier, played by Nicholson, who was thrown into a cat bat of chemicals while being severely scarred, facially scarred. Uh, whereas Heath Ledger's variation is more of a trend who just pretty much lost his mentality while scarring his face, and but staying a man of mystery. This is a different variation of the Joker. Different persona, different background, but all leading to his psychoticness that we've come to know him from the years of the comics. Um, so if you're expecting this to have a happy ending, or if you're expecting this to be something more closer to a certain Joker that you've come to love, please make sure you go to this movie with the highest int- with the intentions of neither of those facets. Neither of those facets uh, is this movie you need to uh, have that intention, knowing that in a sense of it. So... With that being said, um, it's time for me to bring my review on the Joker. So, uh, 
to give it a little bit of a minimal story in the Joker, the story that the Joker is, uh, tells this tale of Arthur Fleck, um, a man who has, I believe, what is called PBA, um, who is living off of the fact of with uh, less medical, who is uh, dealing with uh, a lot of things on his ends of it, who has aspirations and dreams to become a comedian. Unfortunately, he's dealing with a lot. His mentally disabled, his mentally ill mother, terminally ill mother, he lives with, taking care of her. At the same time, uh, watching uh, stand-up comedian and talk show host Franklin Murray, played by uh, Robert De Niro, who he dreams of hopefully someday being on the show and have aspirations to be like him. Um, not knowing his father, uh, at the same time also working as a part-time clown uh, for uh, odd jobs, uh, while also dealing with medical illness problems, including uh, one uh, a condition called cyclobubular effect, I believe it's called, or the PBA, which is a condition that has one the uh, impulsive uh, reaction of having uh, seizures, which result in... Uh, impulsive laughing or crying which is an actual real condition um since this film has been out the uh condition has now shed a spotlight it's now has shed a spotlight on this condition um since uh the uh the knowledge of this condition being used within peck's character the character of peck in the film and that's one of the highlights i believe in the film any movie i personally feel that any movie that draws a spotlight on mental illness is a plus for me, no matter how negative that condition can be. Because we don't really talk about a lot of mental illnesses in movies or in, in uh, entertainment. Um, this day and age, mental illnesses uh, has been now drawn to a bigger places such as uh, autism uh, in uh, television and films. I mean, you look at uh, Atypical from Netflix and The Good Doctor on ABC. Both of those are shows that now deal with um, Asperger's Syndrome and autism, which has now become uh, a spotlight in some cases. And then we look at, you know, many other shows and TV shows and movies that deal with depression or uh, anxiety. So now we have to deal with uh, the fact of all these uh, uh, mental conditions um, being spotlighted in these shows and television and entertainment, which sometimes can be a gift and a curse. It's a gift because it's talked about, it's discussed more, it's explained more, but the curse is is sometimes the interpretation has come out completely wrong. And it's up to you to judge on that. I can go on about that myself when it comes to autism to some degree, but at some points of it, I can also speak my mind on that. But when it comes to mental health in general, just being discussed or being uh, uh, talked about in uh, film and television and put a spotlight on it, I think that's a win for us because now more people will study, will look at the seriousness of the effects of that condition to the point that medical research can now be made about it, to the point it can help for treatments, uh, awareness, safety, a lot of things on that sense of it. Um, 
I mean, if you look at Rain Man, mental illness was barely even discussed had it not been for movies like Rain Man. And despite how negatively Rain Man is in that sense of it, and that's my personal take, that's one thing in the sense of it. That's a whole different case of it. But that's, again, a gift and a curse in that sense. Um, Peck, at the same time, back to the movie, um, Peck uh, deals with a lot of situations, like I said, his, his mental condition, uh, his health uh, care being withdrawn of it, um, his situation with his relationship with his mother, um, and many other situations that lead to a certain events that leads to him spiraling out of control to become the madman that, that we've come to know and we've come to admire in the entertainment of comic book world, but not in the real world. And I speak that clear. That's the one thing that sets it apart between uh, the character and the motivation of what the character does. Um, uh, this movie has gotten a lot of high accolades because of the way it's shot, the way the story is told in the sense of it, the plot senses of it, the moral, moral thinking and discussion. Um, I believe it was in the Toronto Film Festival. It won several awards. It won an award and standing ovation at the Toronto Film Festival. It's getting a lot of Oscar buzz, a lot of praise reviews. Rotten Tomatoes is given in a high rating. So a lot of positive hype has come from this movie. And not only from cinematic uh critics are giving it high praise but comic book fans are giving it high praise and that's the that's the important thing i think because in this day and age when it comes to films that are done inspired by comic book movies we are very we comic book fans are very very critical of movies that have been adopted from the source material of comic books when they're done right there are ways they've done wrong such as schumacher's movies (laughs) And then there are ones who have done right, like this film. We don't have to have a film that's adapted straight from the comic book source. We don't have to have that. But we do have to have a film that shows, hey, you know, they're taking the source material seriously in the sense of it that makes sense with this character. Going in, knowing that since the movie was going to be developed and the filming of it, I had always had the high intentions of knowing this movie was going to be good. But it set shiv- I mean, it was like shivers were down my spine when I heard about this film being made. And knowing my history with the comics, especially in the world of DC, I knew it was going to come to the point that this movie was going to have a lot of high uh, praise and knowing it was going to get a lot of attention from people. And slowly, more and more, as the film was being teased a little bit from the promotion of it, it was surprising about it. But the one thing I will say is DC did less promotion of the film than most movies that they've done. You know, uh, you look at movies like Suicide Squad and then, you know, Batman v Superman and Wonder Woman and even the recent Birds of Prey promotion. You don't see a lot of promotion from Joker on that end unless it was more on uh, Warner Brothers' end promoting the movie. That's the only intake I have to say that was my only disappointment of the film. DC definitely should have put more intake in promoting this movie since it is a film that was inspired by the, the film. And even Michael Ursuline, who is the executive productions uh, behind most of the uh, uh, adaptations of films and TV shows 
that were done in the Batman mythos, usually is the man behind it, is also was involved in this project as well. Now, I could give a rat's ass about Scorsese's, you know, about cinematic films not being, like comic book films not being cinematic. I, I could give a rat's ass about that. This is a guy who uh, basically state, who basically played a voiceover role in Shark Tale, which was a terrible Dis uh, Dream Park Park movie. The man is a, uh, uh, is pretty much a dynamic filmmaker. No lie about that. And most of his films has inspired other films, Joker being one of them, since Scorsese even brought that to the table with this movie. But I find it very hypocritical that the man who brought to the, whose movies inspired this film and who also brought this film to the table, because at one point he was attached to direct this movie, is saying comic book films are not cinematic films. <laughs> so I just, I don't take it seriously. And there's been a lot of people who said that, you know, everyone has their opinion. Uh, Samuel Jackson said that, Crispin uh, Glover said that as well, you know. The man has the right to make an opinion, but you know what? It doesn't mean we all have to agree with it. So I could give a rat's ass about that. If anything, my personal feel is, my take on this movie is the hype is real. And I knew it was going to be good. I knew it was going to be good because of the fact that I love a story about this character. And what I love the most is that this film is billed as a character study. This, that's what the promotion for this build movie was. It was billed as a character study film about a man who has lost his way. A broken man in a broken world. I believe a, a one critic said that this was a broken movie about a broken man in a broken world that can't be fixed. And he ends up not being fixed, but just gets broken even more. And it tells you how much of how much a man has gone through to be damaged to be to where he is of his modern sense of it. And honestly, like, that's what we're expecting of this film. Because we wouldn't have the Joker, even the uh, different variations of the Joker, from films to comic books today, had it not been for something that, like, this sense of showing how this man can come to it. Uh, whether it's one bad day, like the killing joke, or several bad days. So, that's why, honestly, I'm happy for this movie. Given that, so... My only down take of the sense of it uh, when it comes to it is this wouldn't be a movie that I would watch all the time. If I just decided it's just another day, another Tuesday, and I needed to watch a fix or something, this wouldn't be the movie I would watch. I do plan on buying it when it comes out on Blu-ray and DVD. I will plan on buying it to go with the rest of my collection of my films. But this would be one of the films that I would rarely watch. I could watch... Uh, the Batman 1989 movie every time, every day, I just want to, just because it's a rainy Tuesday, uh, some cases. I could watch that movie with no regrets or no uh, limitations or exceptions. But this movie, Joker, that's a different story. So, um, but I would implore people that when it comes to this movie, um, take it with a grain of salt. If you're a heavy person uh, like my brother who feels that it should follow the source materials directly, don't see this movie. You're better off not. If you are expecting a movie to have a happy ending in a sense of it, don't see this movie. If you have a sensitive spot when it comes to some extensive violence, in some cases with mental illness, this movie isn't for you either. Now, give it may, if you're willing to take all those exceptions when it comes to this movie, this is something you definitely should watch. This is a movie that I feel is definitely necessary when it comes to um, discussion, in a sense of it. 
So I would definitely consider taking this movie. Um, so again, this is this is a movie I knew was going in from the get-go after the first premiere pr promotion all the way to the last one that I knew this movie was going to be something good. I knew it was going to be dark. I knew it was going to be sad. I knew it was going to be corrupted in the sense of it. And I knew it was going to be some cases and exceptions because of people who are scared of violence in the real world infected by stuff like this, other material, or mental illness. I knew that was going in the moment this happened. But the one thing that I took away from it, the sense of it, is everything on that sense of what this movie is about. So that's my only take on that. The other thing I want to talk about outside of this movie is my personal opinion about a certain uh, review that has been pretty much going all around the internet. Nobody has really talked to me about it, but I thought I need to put my two cents on it. Now, when I was um, going on YouTube in the case of it, when I did movie reviews and film reviews on my YouTube channel, many of people know, at one point there were many people who inspired me to do those reviews. One of those was a channel once upon a time uh, when I was in Arizona. I mean, when actually not in Arizona, but when I was in Toledo, when I'm here in Toledo, um, I remember uh, in my convention, in a convention, uh, Doug Walker came to that convention. And I always wanted to see him. And at one point, he came to the convention uh, with the intent of, you know, talking about some of his work. Uh, now, for those who are not familiar with the name Doug Crocker, you might be familiar with his persona, a character named the Nostalgia Critic. And his channel, YouTube channel, Channel Awesome. Now, recently they've been in a little bit of controversy because of the fact that of neglectful workers who have personally worked for the company who have been taken advantage of in that sense of it. And he's named many cases. Some of my, I, I won't lie, I was a fan of his work, including his famous nostalgic commercials, which was one of my favorites in his videos. And when it came to his videos, that uh, when it came to the commercials, when, I just loved the nostalgic retro grad of those commercial videos it's one of my personal favorites in that sense of it but slowly uh due to the situations that i've heard that's been going on with the company i've sort of retracted my ways of less seeing his videos and one video that stuck out recently was a video that dealt with the involvement of rock star cory taylor from stone sour and slipknot and it turned out that his involvement was for the review of Pink Floyd's The Wall. <laughs> and the reason why I'm laughing about this is because many of you out there who probably are listening to this will probably know what I'm talking about. Uh, recently, uh, this year, uh, Channel Awesome released a video for Nostalgic Critics' review of The Wall. And not the album, but the film as well. Now, it's kind of perplexed because there have been a lot of people recently who have come out of the gates from their video channels and have pretty much speak their distaste on this video. Rightfully so. There have even been a few people who have felt that Doug has betrayed his material source of it because of his distaste of the video, of the, the review, his review on this video. This video has been the lowest and but highest low-reviewed video in the entire channel of Channel Awesome. It's the first time ever in years they have gotten a poorly review on their channel, and it's for this video. And not only did this also spark a video, but also sparked a parody album that Nostalgia Critic released. Yes, there is a parody album 
inspired by that was based on the wall, which basically is the music that was replayed and paradised in the in the video. There are some people who like the album, uh, who like the video and hate the album. There are some people who hate both. Um, and then there's people, but here's the thing. The one thing that sticks out the most about it is the fact of fans who are Pink Floyd fans. I don't think there has ever been anyone in the world who is not a Pink Floyd fan. Now, there could be a plenty of debate on what Pink Floyd album is the best. Dark Side of the Moon, I Wish You Were Here, uh, or The Wall, or many of their other hits. Those three albums, I'm very familiar with myself in a sense of it. Now, personally, in my perspective, I know a lot of people were not fans of The Wall, but they gave it consideration and gave the respect for it in the film and the album because of the fact of the brilliance that Waters and Company had put in in that film and that album. There are some people who felt that that album was not their best, but it helped bring out the best in them in later albums when it comes to that album, The Wall. Be how it is, what they were they want to take it. There are some people who feel The Wall is their greatest work ever. And personally, I feel that it's an iffy when it comes to The Wall. I, the film, to some extent, was brilliantly created with a sense of a story. And me being an animator aficionado, I considered and took it for what it was of how good an album it was and how good a movie it was. Um, the album, I gave even more praise. So, I respect the album and the film as much as I love them both. Unfortunately, Doug and company did not take that into consideration for neither the album and the film. And that's what makes it so disappointing. There are many people who responded uh, with loss of disrespect for Doug and the company because of this film. And the fact that he even tries to market about it by making this parody album is a disrespect side of disrespect itself. And to put it all bluntly, it's you don't have to like the movie or the album, but you have to respect it. And that's what it is when it comes to this review video and album the album never needed to be made there was never needed if you wanted to make a video to not show how much you're confused about this out video that's your terms but you don't need to market off of it by making a parody album based on that movie either that's a disrespectful sign that's like somebody saying that's like me saying purple rain wasn't the best movie but you know what i'm gonna do an album parodying purple rain just because I don't like the movie. That's just wrong. The album has made a lot of respect of it. More people have respect for the album than the movie. Some people have respect for both. Some people have respect for neither. But it's all about the respect of that material in the sense of it. Floyd is one of the most inspirational bands out there. And to show that Doug didn't give consideration of respect on that when it came to this movie and album is what made a lot of fans furious. And I rarely saw anyone even defend Doug in this. That's the one thing that surprised me the most. Is not a one viewer, not even people who even liked Doug Walker in his channel, even gave Doug some 
deserve some do or not do uh, uh, defense. Not one. Not one person gave defense to Doug on this review. And that's the disappointing thing about it. Aside from that, I just, I feel bad that Corey Taylor had to be involved. <laughs> you really do. I love Slipknot. I love the new Slipknot album, even. I wasn't much a fan of Stone Sour, but I gave respect for what it's doing with Stone Sour. But when it comes to uh, this, his involvement in this review was just unnecessary. It really was. Um, it just, it made no sense. It's like, I'm pretty sure everyone's parent has said, everyone's mother has probably said this to them many times in their years when they were younger. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. And honestly, that's what Doug should have did. This review should have never been made. This review should never have been done. This review should never have been touched. Yet, here we are, and this video uh, of Nostalgia Critic has gone on to become the most highly downgraded, down-reviewed video in uh, history. So, with that being said, it's just disappointing how much the fighting have fallen. <laughs> in my perspective sense of it, that is. Um, if you've not listened to The Wall and sense of it, you should definitely do that. But again, in my personal opinion, that's one of the albums that just, personally for me, I love The, I love the Dark Side of the Moon. I do. But The Wall sticks out for me because of the fact of its variety in a sense of it. Like, no different than The Chronic or Indicud, if I have to put it in a rap sense. It's a variety of different music from the same artist in a sense of it, but just a different sounds in each album. It's a smorgasbord to speak in a sense. So that's what I wanted to get out of the whole addressment with uh, this video, with this audio review. Um, aside from that, I think that's pretty much going to be it for today. But before I go, uh, some announcements I have to make in a sense of it. Yomacon is still going to be happening, but I will be doing only paid shoots. Um, I'll be offering a special deal for those out there who are interested to shoot with me. Make sure you check my website or you check my social media for more details on that. Um, I also have been officially been published for Models View magazine uh, the Equestria magazine, which is their supplemental video magazine, and Model Throwdown and, Inten and Intensity magazines. So uh, links for those will all be uh, available on my Instagram and on Twitter. So definitely check those out. Um, congratulations to both uh, Emily and Liddy for getting those pub for getting those publications in the sense of it. Um, with that being stated. Uh, if you guys uh, have any questions about my work, make sure you go check out me out all on my social media as well as on my website, drivemedia.com. Um, with that being stated, that's it for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoy uh, the rest of your weekend of it. I will be back for a brand new video, which will be more on that sense of it. Also, later this month, I will be doing a special one-time podcast commentary, which means I will be doing a commentary on one movie. And that will be my one movie a month for commentary on one of my on some of my favorite movies. Uh, this month, I will be doing a commentary on a special movie this October just for Halloween. 
So you'll find out more about it later down the line when you see the announcements later this month. With that being said, guys, thank you for checking me out. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Yokumasaki Show. As always, you can check me out on all my social media as well as check me on Anchor and every other digital retailer platforms for podcasting. And again, see you guys later. And until next time, later days.